Hello, divers. Coming to you from Studio D, this is the Deep Dive Microcast. I'm Tom Feeney, raconteur, master of illusion, and writer for Wang's Chop Movie Magazine. This is a companion series of the Deep Dive Podcast, where myself and my co-host Manda look at the lesser-known, maybe obscure, and perhaps forgotten offerings available on streaming media services. This episode will continue our celebration of Black History Month by diving into a cultural phenomenon that took place during a tumultuous time in American history. The Deep Dive Microcast presents a brief history of the black exploitation film. late 1960s, the civil rights movement brought the struggles of African Americans into all Americans' living rooms through network news broadcasts. The plight of blacks could no longer be ignored, not even by Hollywood, who had been doing their best to ignore black audiences for decades. Hollywood was also unable to ignore the movie industry's decline due to the incursion of television. The old way of making movies was going away, opening the door just a crack for new blood. One man decided to kick that door open, Melvin Van Peebles. A novelist turned playwright turned filmmaker, Van Peebles had been able to break into the Hollywood studio system with a 1970 comedy film about a white bigot who wakes up one morning to discover that he is black. That film was called Watermelon Man. Somebody got a complaint against this man? Somebody see him steal anything? Speak up. Well, I didn't see him, but he must have. What is it, officer? What did this man do? Oh, they stick together, they do. What did he do? He stole something. What did I steal? Who saw me steal something? Anybody see this man steal anything? A purse, a wallet. How about a brand new color TV set? You know this man. This man's a regular passenger on my bus. He was running for the bus. Since when is there a law against running for the bus? All right, break it up, folks. Break it up. Shoot, shoot. Come on. Hey, uh, what happened to you, man? Uh, how come I never noticed you were colored before? Because I was never colored before. Oh, it happened just like that, huh? Just like that. Well, when you get back on the bus, just sit down and cool it. They don't love you, you know. Nobody loves me. Big deal. Well, just don't make any trouble. Listen, I am not colored. I know. I'm Spanish myself. The movie was a box office and critical success, prompting Columbia Pictures to offer Van Peebles a three-picture deal. He turned it down. Even though Watermelon Man was a success, Van Peebles wanted more control over his films. He decided to strike out on his own, and with his own money, plus some outside investors, he had enough to make his own film on his own terms. Van Peebles wrote, directed, produced, edited, scored, and even starred in what is considered to be the first film of the blaxploitation genre, 1971's Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. We just 
want to borrow one of your boys for a couple hours and take him downtown to make us look good. When did you people start getting so interested in black folks? How many men were in the ambush? You all were pretty good news to me slapping up on some white cops. I want them, do you hear? And I want them now. It's the story of an orphan boy named Sweetback who was raised in a brothel and becomes a male prostitute. Sweetback is on the run after being framed by the police for a murder. Now, if this were any other film or filmmaker at the time, the guilty would be punished and the innocent would be vindicated. Not here. In Sweet Sweetback, the main character is no paragon of virtue, but after being pursued by the police, he ultimately gets away at the end. Now, it's hard to overstate how revolutionary that was back in 1971. African-Americans lined up outside theaters to see this movie in droves. Finally, there was a movie that spoke directly to an African-American audience. The film was made for only $150,000, and it made over 100 times that at the box office. Last year, Sweet Sweet Pack's badass song was selected for preservation by the Library of Congress for its cultural significance. A few months after its release, another, somewhat more accessible movie would continue to define the exploitation film. This one would come from major studio MGM and wound up saving that studio from bankruptcy. Shaft's his name, Shaft's his game. Listen, Snow White. Me and you gonna tangle sooner or later. The mob wanted Harlem back. They got Shaft. Okay, turn it loose so he goes. Come on, in front of me. All I'm asking you is to let me know what's going on. No names, no places, just what? Rated R. If you want to see Shaft, ask your mama. Private Detective John Shaft, played by Richard Roundtree, was the first African-American action hero, as well as becoming something of a cultural icon. Smart, savvy, tough, and very popular with the ladies, Shaft was a character who crossed cultural boundaries. Now, because the film was released and promoted by a major studio, it got released in more theaters and attracted a wider demographic. But once again, it was the enthusiastic response of black audiences that propelled it to huge box office success. In the years that followed, many different genres would be incorporated into the black exploitation film. Westerns, horror movies, martial arts films, comedies, you name it. They all got their due. The genre produced many stars, including Pam Greer, Jim Kelly, Gloria Hendry, and Fred Williamson. They've even been parodied in films like I'm Gonna Get You Sucka, Black Dynamite, and Undercover Brother. But where did the term actually come from? Well, black exploitation was coined by the then head of the Los Angeles NAACP as a derogatory way of describing films he thought were exploiting black audiences. Now, while some shared that view, 
also saying that these movies that were produced mainly by white studio executives were just another way of making money off African Americans. Audiences, for the most part, embraced these movies. While the genre faded in popularity after the end of the 70s, many current filmmakers, including Quentin Tarantino, have been greatly influenced by blaxploitation movies. In a decade full of experimentation in art, music, and film, the blaxploitation movie stands out as a cultural touchstone in black history, but also in American history as a whole. And you can find great examples of these films on many streaming services, including one that specializes in movies aimed at African-American audiences. It's called Brown Sugar, and it's available online or as an app on Apple and Android devices. It's a $3.99 subscription monthly and features many exploitation movies like TNT Jackson, The Black Godfather, Superfly, Cleopatra Jones, and many others. Check it out. Thanks for listening. If this is the first time you've heard this podcast, check out our past episodes and subscribe so you don't miss a single one. And we'd like to hear from you. Drop us a line at the deep dive podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feeds. Now you can find links to those on our website, thedeepdivepodcast.com. All clips used in the Deep Dive Microcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive Lounge theme was arranged and performed by Robert Acorn based on the original composition by Ryan Blaney. The Deep Dive Microcast is a production of Automaton Studios.